Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome to this edition of What's Next, Colin Banks, the Industry and Customer Advisory Lead at SAP Africa. Also, Quina Maborja, who is the Global Director for Purpose and Sustainability. I love your title, Quina. Uh, so I'm looking forward to expanding on that. Um, and uh, yeah, marketing and solutions at SAP as well. We're going to be talking about sustainability in practice. Now, where do business leaders start and how do they make? Um, and of course, you know, we often hear we often hear about this, right? It's all about sustainability and how important sustainability sustainability is uh, in the world that we're living in today with all the crises that are going on around us. So a great pleasure to, to welcome both of you. Firstly, how are you guys doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks, Aki. Good to be here. Good stuff. And, and Quena, we can see you loud and clear. Yes. I'm always Hi. curious to see the, the books on your bookshelf as well. And I'm always reading. I'm always curious to hear what people are reading at the moment. What, what are you reading at the moment, Quena? Well, at the moment, I'm reading a lot of research reports, Aki. Um, you know, there's a lot of work happening around sustainability, so it's really just understanding the issues um, and just, you know, getting into some of the research that's going out there globally so we can contextualize oh, it well. Awesome. So that's what I spend my time well, reading. But I'm happy to be okay. here and well, look forward to the conversation. Awesome, awesome. Well, let me ask you, let me start off by asking you, Colin, I mean, you look at Africa and uh, you look at, uh, you know, where we are and, and why should Africa, specifically South Africa, be worried about climate change? I mean, we've seen some really scary statistics and the way that, uh, you know, the, the global warming is happening and how temperatures are increasing. Uh, I don't need to remind you both about the record temperatures we've seen in the UK, for example, this year. So climate change is real. When less than 4% of the world's CO2 emissions are produced in Africa, why should we be worried, Colin? Yeah, Aki, that's, that's a great question. I mean, if we, if we look, at, uh, look at Africa, we are generally seen as victims of, of climate action. Um, uh, we, we produce, like you say, a negligible amount of, of, of CO2 emissions uh, compared to the rest of the world. Like if we look at India, for example, that has a similar population size to the whole of Africa, they emit 1.9 tons per capita per year. Africa is 1.1 tons uh, per year. So um, if we look at that, it's, it's very negligible from, from, what, we, from what we are doing uh, from, a, from, a, from an emissions perspective. Um, and, uh, but, but the challenge is, is that, um, I mean, we, like I said, we, we're the victims of that. So we've, we saw in 2019 those devastating tropical cyclones that hit Mozambique and Malawi and Zimbabwe and, and more recently in, uh, in, in, uh, in KwaZulu-Natal where we saw all of the, uh, the coastal areas there, the damage that was done there. Um, the challenge that we have though is that um, there are certain things that we can control. Now if we look at, um, look at the emissions or look at um, firstly from, from our population size, so we are sitting at a population of, of 1.3 billion as Africa at this point in time um, with a view to that growing to, to nearly 3 billion by 2060. Now, now what this means though is that this population is a, is a largely a, a, a growing population um, as well as an urbanizing population. So the, we're the last regions that are, that are urbanizing in, in, a, in, a, in a massive rate. And with that urbanization comes the, uh, the additional income, becomes, uh, comes the additional economic activity. And effectively what that means is that with the economic activity, 
Um, that population group now wants more electricity, they want more transportation, uh, more, more construction needs to go on, more food needs to be produced for, for this growing population group. So if we look at it from, from a 2060 perspective, now if we just grow um, as per what India is growing at the moment to 1.9 tons, um, we will quadruple to the size of that of the United States. Put another way. Oh, wow. Put another way, with that, with that 3 billion people, if we grow at that rate of where India is at the moment, the 1.9 tons per capita, even if the six largest company, countries in the world, uh, being China, the US, Russia, India, Japan and Germany, if they cut their emissions by 20%, we will, Africa will offset that 20% uh, that reduction purely just by our economic activity. So effectively, we need to get ahead of this scenario. We need to get ahead of climate action before we start throwing up coal burning power stations, before we start um, trying to, to do other things. We need to get ahead of this climate action thing so that we don't become the next major superpower that has emissions um, in the, at, at sitting in the top five of the world. And, and as a country, uh, rates it against the countries. Africa as a continent is only ranked 20th as a continent mm. out of its countries. So it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a small thing now for us, but it's something that we have to get ahead of. Absolutely. And if you look at the forecasts, when you look at those, uh, you know, over the next uh, 50 or so years, you look at how urbanization is going to change, you know, mm -hmm. African cities. I was looking at some of the numbers, you know, like uh, Nigeria, for example, in uh, in Lagos. You know, that's going to become a city of 70, 80 million people. You look at Lilongwe, you look at uh, Dar es Salaam, you look at Nairobi. Um, uh, these are going to become like mega, mega cities as people really move to these big cities. But the question, Colin, is do, 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 do current executives actually care? care about climate change? Do companies take climate change on our continent seriously when there is very little legislation? Let's be honest, uh, you know, you don't hear about penalties, you don't hear about fines, uh, you know, and, and all of those kind of things. So, so, so is there a, an incentive? Are, are companies incentivized to comply? Do people actually care about climate change on the continent? Yeah, well, it's, it's very simple, really, Aki, is that um, you, you've said that there's very little legislation in Africa, and that, that's 100% correct. There, there's very little in, in South Africa. We've only got one set of legislation right now, which is the Extended Producer Responsibility legislation, which I'll talk a little bit to later on. Um, but if, um, if, if, uh, if you look at some of the companies in Africa, if they remain only in Africa, so they only do business within Africa, then they probably will be okay. Um, there's no real incentive. But as soon as those companies want to start exporting their goods to other countries um, in Western Europe, in, uh, in, the, in, in the Americas, uh, to the East, a lot of those companies are now in, including legislation that includes the, ex the importing of goods. So effectively what happens is that if you export something to, from Africa, if you extend that or ex export that to, to a country where there's legislation, the importer needs to pay those taxes for uh -huh. packaging or whatever the case may be for that product. Now the importer, doesn't, he doesn't pretend, potentially doesn't want to pay for that, uh, that tax, so he's either going to pass that on to the, import, the, the exporting company or he's going to look for another company that, that does it. So from a, from, a, from a CEO perspective, they need to make, aware, make, uh, make provisions for this, 
um, for this, uh, the, this legislation and make sure that they're compliant. Um, the extended producer responsibility legislation, which, like I say, is, is being promulgated in South Africa and it's only a matter of time before it spreads across the, the rest of the world, is that, uh, or the rest of Africa rather, talks about the packaging. Now, if we look at a, uh, let's take a soft drinks uh, company, for example, they only used to worry about the, the product that goes inside the bottle, the liquid, the, 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 the drink. Now they've been told that they need to look after, that they're responsible for the bottle that the soft drink comes in, the cap, the shrink wrap that goes around the, the crate of, of, of drinks, the pallet that gets used to then transport it. So their product or their responsibility is growing at a, at a rapid rate and they need to account for that single-use plastic. So effectively, if these, if these CEOs don't pay attention to this, they are going to, they're going to find themselves out of business um, and, uh, and effectively, well, without a, without a job. Um, so, and, and companies also need to take responsibility, that they need to, um, much as South Africa, when Africa is a, a very price-conscious consumer base, we, we buy the yes. cheapest. We don't have the luxury of being conscious buyers. Um, majority of us just buy the cheapest goods because that's all we can afford. Um, so yeah. that, we need to change that mindset from, from a consumer perspective, but companies also need to understand that behavior, and they need to make their products more attractive to, uh, to, to the users and to the consumers that they, they can purchase sustainable products um, at, at an attractive price. Uh, Quina, I want to ask you, now that we've established that you know, we've got this sustainability and it's becoming increasingly important as a business imperative because now companies have got to focus on the sustainability, consumers are becoming acutely aware of it, where, where do customers start? Where do companies start? Do companies just have a tick box to say, oh, we're sustainable? Uh, surely it's not that easy just to put that tick box. You've got to action some plans. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, maybe I'll start from the perspective of, you know, SAP is a B2B uh, company. You know, we service the largest enterprise companies across the world. So, I mean, essentially our customers are the companies. Um, so, you know, I think just working across our customers, across different industries, you know, many of them have this top of mind. 48% of CEOs have sustainability as something that's on the CEO agenda, right? And it's a conversation that we constantly have with our customers. And we are realizing that, you know, they are seeing that sustainability is an imperative. It's not enough anymore to just tick a box. They have to demonstrate value beyond economic value. So they have to show social responsibility as well as protection of the environment. Um, and so many of them ask themselves, you know, where do we begin? Where do we start? We know it's important, but how do we make sustainability profitable and profitably sustainable? And there are a number of factors and issues that they are thinking about at the moment. So in addition to the upcoming regulation that we've just talked about, uh, many of these companies across different industries are also at different stages of maturity um, in terms of, of their own sustainability journeys. However, you know, in engaging with our customers, we do identify that there are some emerging themes um, that leaders are looking at in terms of how they think about sustainability. So let's think about the boardroom, right, in the C-suite around the, the boardroom table. We have the CFO, right? And one of the things that the CFO is really thinking about is that they are on the hook to anticipate and meet this regulation and you know compliance um, reporting. So that's one thing that they are thinking about. If we think about the COO, right, and the supply chain managers, here they are looking to really think about how they can manage costs and drive efficiencies within their um, operations, 
without disrupting business. So, and this also varies across the, uh, different industries, Aki. So, for example, if you think about utilities, oil and gas, energy, here they really are trying to monitor the amount of energy and resources that they're using and consuming to deliver on their products and services. In contrast, if we think about, you know, um, companies that create and distribute products, I mean, you talked about it, packaging. They are thinking about how to source, you know, materials that are sustainable um, that go into their products and packaging. So these are some of the topics from a CEO's perspective now, right? Mm. Um, as we talked about, consumers are becoming more um, attuned and more um, willing and wanting to spend on sustainable products. So CEOs are really looking at sustainability as a source of competitive advantage. And for those that want to grow their top line uh, business, you know, they are really thinking about how they can create sustainable um, products and services so that they can differentiate themselves um, along um, that basis. But, you know, I can, I'll talk about, you know, a study that um, SAP recently conducted with um, Oxford Economics. And in the study, we surveyed 2,000 um, global executives looking at how they are deriving value from their sustainability plans, practices, or lack of. And a lot of them see this value so, you know, they see the value in efficiencies, 58% of them said that brand reputation, 46% said that's a value, and of course customer needs, 44% said that's a value. But the study also found that there's a disconnect, right, between the plans and the action, right? So if we want to talk about, you know, where businesses start, maybe a good place to start is also the pitfalls, Aki. So a lot of these executives talked about how they have these plans but they're not being well communicated both internally and externally, which drives action. And then let's talk about data, right? So data is the new gold. And, you know, if we want to embed end-to-end sustainability in our business, we need to understand the data that's coming out of our business processes. So that process is still disconnected. We're still not getting the right data sets to give us the right insights. And then there's also a lack of collaboration across business networks, right? So if you think about an end-to-end -end value chain, this consists of who? suppliers, customers, regulators, employees, um, as well as, you know, partners um, in the broader ecosystem. And what we're seeing is that there isn't a unified uh, collaboration and effort towards sustainability across all of these different supply chains. So given these pitfalls, right, the study identified about 9% of these leaders which were driving themselves forward in sustainability. And, you know, they had some best practices that they were displaying um, which we could start thinking about as a place to start in terms of thinking about sustainability journeys. So very quickly, Aki, you know, first of all, it starts at the top, so executive sponsorship is an important thing. Sustainability efforts have to start with strategy that's embedded explicitly into plans within and communicated throughout the organization. Um, there needs to be uh, this vision at the top, right? Wonderful. But how is that cascading down in terms of the goals of the employees? Is it clear for employees? Right what the impact is for them on a day-to-day -day basis and how micro actions that they take can lead to overall impact. And then thirdly, it's about integrating into the end-to-end -end business processes, right? So looking at the entire business, your process, your technology, your strategy, creating sustainability metrics and integration across the end-to-end -end is key um, towards driving um, sustainability and then leveraging the data that comes out of that and then also sustainability team sport. I talked about the network and the value uh, and the value chain, right? So it's important to have an integrated approach where there's clear lines of communication um, and established business practices across this entire value chain. And then lastly, of course, I have to talk about data again, which is critical um, in terms of capturing the right data set and being able to manage and, and get the insights that allow you to manage the business processes at the end. 
Okay, fascinating stuff. So it's it's so interesting um, what you say, Quena, uh, uh, about that responsibility that corporates have. And I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because driving sustainability requires a, a, a massive mind shift. You know, within an organisation, within those C suites of executives that you talk about, there has to be that transformation. Now, these leaders that you spoke about, what role do these leaders have in building more sustainable organizations? Because is it more than, it surely is more than just a conversation. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the tick box, you've actually got to action things into plan. You've got to put aside budgets. You've got to get the entire organization focused on sustainability. Absolutely, and I think this is a, a transformation topic, Aki, and we, we, you know, the role of leadership in, in driving transformation is absolutely essential. So I said it before that it needs to start at the top, but even more so, you know, I want to emphasize that, you know, leaders also need to walk the talk themselves. They need to lead by example within their organizations and show, show that, they, that they themselves are demonstrating the, the behaviors that lead um, to sustainable outcomes within the business. I think that leaders also have to create visibility for sustainability ambassadors within the business because some people are already walking the talk and drinking the Kool-Aid. Now it's about time to inspire others. So create those platforms for leaders in the organization to show what others are doing to inspire. And then I think lastly, you mentioned that like, you know, it has to be as part of the business plan. It has to form part of the metrics and organizational output and KPIs of the business. And that has to then systematically cascade down um, into the metrics and KPIs of the employees. This has to be an ongoing conversation in performance reviews, in planning meetings. Sustainability cannot be seen as something that sits outside. It has to be a metric that's really embedded into each and every um, item in terms of the measurements and outputs of particular businesses. And then lastly, I want to add that the role of leaders as well goes beyond just leading within the organization. It's important that leaders are leveraging the influence of their corporates, their relationships out there um, to form meaningful partnerships that can create systematic mm -hmm. change even beyond the walls of your own organization, right? We all know that um, if we go together, we go far, the African adage, but you know, it's essential that leaders are using and leveraging the influence um, that they have in overall society to drive sustainability. Okay, no, that's absolutely fascinating. But when you look at it from a, uh, from a, you know, you take a step back, right? There, there are so many different stakeholders in the entire ecosystem, right? And and you look at the different expectations for customers and clients and employees and and the wider stakeholders because it's not just about the company selling something; it's where they're procuring the product from, and 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 I guess that. This is where technology can play a very important role. And you look at that role of technology, what is that role that technology can play uh, mm -hmm. within companies in driving sustainability, Quena? So, Aki, I think, you know, just thinking about the different or, or the changing expectations, you know, of, of the stakeholders, we know that companies are getting increased amounts of pressure, right, from these external stakeholders. So maybe I can just share a couple of statistics around how these um, expectations are changing. So, for example, if we think about, you know, customers, um, you know, we're seeing that globally 79% of buyers are already starting to change preferences on sustainability. And I think that this is a trend that we can expect to see um, as well in Africa, um, you know, given, you know, the conversation we've had about, you know, consumer changes as well. So this is a, this is a trend that's coming. Um, if we think about investors, um, Aki, 
50% of all professionally managed assets will be ESG mandated um, in the next couple of years. So as African companies that are wanting to attract international foreign investments, you know, there is a mandate there to demonstrate, um, you know, sustainability. And then for companies that want to grow and have employees and a workforce, um, I will share that, you know, sustainability is the number one concern amongst millennials and Gen Z um, job seekers. So for those companies that want to attract top talent, you know, they need to be able to show that they can show value beyond just economic um, value. And then, of course, we have discussed um, the need around compliance and all of these upcoming uh, requirements. And altogether, you know, this is creating, you know, some imperative um, for these businesses to think about sustainability. And it's no longer a question of why, it's, it's now how, right? You know, how to make sustainability profitable and profitability sustainable. sustainable. And, you know, for us, we believe that sustainability is the next frontier of digital transformation. Um, and we believe that technology uh, can act as an enabler to assist organizations along their own sustainability journeys. So I'll just talk about SAP specifically, you know, given the context of being a technology company ourselves. Um, for us at SAP, sustainability is part of our core vision. It's part of our DNA because, you know, our vision at SAP is to help the world run better and improve people's lives, um, which we see as our aspiration. Now, we see sustainability as how we activate that aspiration. And how we define sustainability is to create positive economic, environmental, and social impact within planetary boundaries, um, where we imagine a world of what we like to call the three zeros, which is um, zero emissions, zero waste, and zero inequality. Um, zero emissions is really focusing on carbon emissions reduction. Um, zero waste is driving circular um, economies. And then zero inequality is really focused around social responsibility um, and creating digital inclusion um, across the board. And for us as a tech yeah. company, we definitely believe that there is um, a dual role that we can play. So we see ourselves firstly as an exemplar of sustainability through our own business practices where we are leading by example. And then we also see ourselves as an enabler um, of sustainability by leveraging our products, our people, our partnerships and programs to build a more sustainable world. And you know, the area around becoming or seeing ourselves as an enabler is where we see massive uh, scalability in terms of driving sustainability um, across the world. If you think about SAP's customers, you know, we have the leading enterprise companies as our customers, so um, a statistic is that 70% of the world's revenue at some point has touched an SAP system. So, you know, we work with these companies, we own the data um, and we have the relationship already where we can come together and drive the scale. Um, thinking about the role of tech and, you know, we can talk, get a little bit more into the situation yeah. a little bit later, but when we talk about regular uh, regulatory compliance as a need for businesses, right, you need the right data and you need data transparency and you need to be able to measure the right metrics, um, which you can find in an ERP system. Um, if you're trying to drive efficiencies in your supply chain, for example, you need this data to be embedded across your entire uh, business process end to end, so you can draw on that. And then from a business model innovation, you know, we know that tech is a driver of innovation. So of course, technology just does sit at the layer in terms of driving more sustainable uh, business models. So I, can, I think this is, yeah, basically end to end, you know, the role that technology can play, and more importantly, where we see SAP playing a role. No, absolutely. And you, you look at some of the car manufacturers that use SAP, for example, uh, you know, they, they've got to be sustainable, they've got to look after the environment. So everybody 
that is using the product and the whole connection, the whole ecosystem has got to be doing and focusing in the same direction. Colin, coming back to you, could you share specifically how SAP is leading as an enabler of sustainability through technology and, and how do SAP's solutions, for example, help companies to become sustainable enterprises? Thanks, Zaki. Yes, yeah, so, so what, uh, the, the, the process that, that SAP has embarked on is that um, we want to embed um, all of these sustainability topics, all the sustainability processes, we want to embed them as part of the, uh, our latest solutions that, that we have. Um, and, and that is happening on a, on a daily basis. Um, obviously, we, we've got a lot of customers that are on uh, older versions of, of SAP's software um, and as such can't harness those capabilities right now. So we have, we have, we have a, a portfolio, I would say, of well, over 50 products that, that kind of either um, assist companies that are on older versions of SAP to, to become compliant out the box or straight away, um, as well as it being included in, in future releases of, of SAP. So, I mean, they won't even know. It's like when we talk about machine learning or these latest intelligent technologies, uh, three, four years ago, they, these, were, these topics were top of mind. Nowadays, it's just they commodity products. They, they, they're part of the solution that we provide. Um, so, so what I would like to do, Aki, is just talk about uh, a couple of the products that we do have in our portfolio, which are, uh, we believe are, are either um, absolutely um, unique in the market, or they are uh, very cutting edge and, 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 will, and, and probably leaders. And the one is around uh, what we call our sustainability control tower solution. Uh, and this gives an executive dashboard view of a company's performance across their uh, um, environmental, social, and governance, um, the ESG uh, KPIs, their metrics. And, and what we need to keep on reminding ourselves about is that um, uh, sustainability is more just around, uh, more just than just protecting the, the earth. Um, that is obviously the environment and the ESG. Um, that's mm -hmm. around companies doing, doing responsible uh, production, raw materials, and the like. But there's also social, which, which talks specifically to the um, uh, zero uh, zero inequality, so zero harm to workers, uh, workers' safety and the like, um, and then the governance is around how those how those uh, the, those corporates police themselves. What are their policies? What is their um, di diversity and their inclusion rates and, and their board representation and the like? So this dashboard uh, gives those companies a, 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 a like I say an, an overview of their of their company's performance across these these key metrics. Um, and then also gives the executives the ability to drill down into those specific areas. So maybe from an environment perspective, try and understand where a where a factory is producing too much emissions. Why is that? Why is that mm. factory an, an outlier? And they have the ability to drill down into those details to find out. Well, okay, we, we see that this factory is the raw materials that they're getting is quite far from their factory. So there's a, a transportation cost, the emissions cost around that. Can they not source goods from a from a from a closer supplier? Maybe a bit more expensive, but the emissions are lower. Um, and and why is a factory? Why does it have so many uh, incidents? Do they not have a? Do they, is their risk compliance, um, operational risk management, not up to standard? How can they focus on this? So, behind the, the fundamental principle behind the sustainability control control tower is what we call the sustainability accounting system. Now, we, we all understand a financial accounting system, which talks about profits, revenues, costs, all of those type of things. The sustainability accounting system focuses specifically 
on this on, on the metrics around sustainability. So um, getting making sure that you get access to all of the underlying data that you need to to, to get to those uh, to, to get to those insights on those ESG metrics, uh, and that means getting access to data that sits already in SAP systems or, or in third-party systems, including the infamous Excel spreadsheet, which we know is prevalent mm. across hundreds of organizations. No matter how high-tech a company will tell you, I can guarantee you that they've got a thousand Excel spreadsheets running their business behind that. Then delving into the, the three areas there that Queda mentioned around SAP strategy around chasing zero, so chasing the zero emission. So we've got a product called SAP Product Footprint Management, which really gives you a view on a company's products across a uh, across the life cycle. So understanding from from a particular product at scale, being able to understand what is the environmental impact or footprint of that particular product. Now you can understand that there's a massive amount of data that goes into that a particular product for an organ what an organization manufactures. All the way from raw materials to distribution to manufacture to the other, to, to distribution up the value chain. So it's a massive amount of data that needs to be that needs to be corrected and managed. So that SAP product footprint management gives a view of that to a to an executive and allows them or operations management and allows them to go and make changes to to rectify that um, the product that they've got again back into the, the product design or the or the the process the manufacturing process to alter that so that that has the, the ability there. Then when we look at the, the, the chasing zero, um, uh, zero waste around the circular economy concept, um, we've got a product called SAP Responsible Design and Production, which again talks to the extended producer responsibility legislation that, we, that I mentioned earlier has just been released in, in South Africa uh, as, as early as November last year. And this is around single-use plastic. So again, if we go back to the soft drinks company, a company needs to be able to account for that bottle that the, 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 the product was put into, the, um, the packaging that was put around it. And they get charged based on, they get charged taxes based on that single-use packaging. If it's a recyclable bottle, their taxes are lower. If it's a single-use, obviously their taxes are higher. And this product builds in the frameworks, the, the, the regulatory frameworks across the world. So you don't mm. need to team that manages that particular reg regulatory framework and the, and the underlying tax issues or tax, um, tax points, they, the, the, the system calculates for that for them and the system enables the, um, the, the, the payments to be made. So it's not just about making sure that you've got the right, uh, that you're doing it correctly, but it's also the accuracy involved in that as well. And that also right. then you feed right. into your, your business partners who buy the product from you because they need to know what is the single-use plastics metrics around that so you can feed that into their system and they go and either make additional goods based from your input as a raw material, their, your product might be a raw material input into their process. And then finally on the, the, the social for the social aspect, we've got a very mature product called SAP Environmental Health and Safety, which, uh, like I said, is very mature. It's been around for a number of years, but it really gives a, a company the opportunity to really do have a holistic view around the, the operational risk management framework that they do have across their business to make sure that the procedures in place um, for an incident, if something does happen in the workplace, um, feedback to say, well, why did that happen? Let's fix it. How do we fix it? And so on. 
And, and finally, okay, I'd just like to end off with a, with a, with a customer example that, that we do have in Africa, which I'm really excited about. And Jeepers, man, I'd love to get this uh, implemented in South Africa. Um, it's just, it's quite, a, it's quite a tough road, but it's, a, it's the waste pickers in Ghana. Now, we, we understand, I mean, as we've seen in South Africa, we've got every morning on, on the way to work or wherever we see these waste pickers who are trawling the streets under unbearable conditions, dragging these massive um, baskets of, of recycled goods. And, and it's estimated that they, a recent report showed that they collect 80 to 90% of the recyclable material that, that, that would end up, otherwise end up in landfills or in, uh, or in oceans. So they play an integral part in the, in the value chain of these recycled goods. And what we've done in, in, in Ghana is we've worked along, along with the Ghanaian government as well as a number of um, uh, NGOs, um, and we've put in a system there. It's, it's a system that we've, that we've, it's quite an old system that we have called SAP Rural Sourcing Management, which was initially developed for small-scale farmers in Africa. Um, and effectively, the, the, the major principle behind this is just like a small-scale farmer in Africa, a waste picker is really exploited because he takes his goods to a market. Uh, a farmer would take his cocoa beans or his coffee beans, whatever the case is. Uh, a waste picker takes his plastic, a ton of plastic that he's collected, he's spent a day or whatever collecting, and he takes it to a drop-off site and he gets, uh, he gets paid an amount. Now, he doesn't know what that amount is. He doesn't know what the metrics are. He just gets paid an amount. So he's a price taker effectively. And the system that we've built in there really automates and digitizes that whole space from the waste picker all the way through to where that recycled material actually gets resold to a major corporation like a Nestle or a Coca-Cola who then use that recycled bottle in their, in their mm. process. Um, they, um, so, so now there's visibility across that whole value chain. So the, the, right. the, the, the waste picker now knows what price he's going to get for his kilogram or 10 kilograms of plastic of plastic that, that, he, that he arrives with. He gets paid out in a, in a formal fashion, either via, via a, 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 um, an, an app on a, on, a small, on, a, on, a, on a feature phone, or he can get a checkout and, and cash out the money straight there and there. And this, this brings about data insights, again, to the whole value chain. So that gives municipalities mm. the opportunity to understand, well, where are all of these waste pickers based? because these waste pickers register themselves on the system, so they know that they are based in a particular area, yes. and they can put a, a, a collection site closer to those, to, those, um, to those recyclers, so they don't have to travel miles and miles and miles to drop off their, their, their kilogram of waste. Um, likewise, mm -hmm. the, the buyers can then be able to find where all these recycled plastic is, and then take it and recycle it and, and, and create new goods. So that's a, a, a great, a, a beautiful example that we are so proud of that we've worked on in Ghana. In Ghana. Yeah. And, um, and we, we, if it can work with waste pickers, it can work with artisanal miners. It can Absolutely. Work with so many different use cases. So it's a really exciting Absolutely. Project. I love that solution. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, when you look at all of this, um, and, and it, it's, it's absolutely such a fascinating discussion. So, so Quena, when you look at the strategy, it's great, right? But can you explain, as a corporate citizen, what is SAP doing to reduce their carbon footprint, both internationally, where you've got these legislative policies, and, uh, and, and which are mature, right? And, and locally, where they are less so. Are, are they drinking their own champagne, Quena? 
Champagne isn't too late, Aki. Um, <laughs> so, um, Whichever, they're both, they're both delicious. They're both good. I mean, Aki, so for us at SAP, you know, like I mentioned, sustainability is part of our DNA, right? So it's not some tick box thing. It really is part of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And we are considered to be amongst um, the top most sustainable companies um, in the world. And we really do commit ourselves to really leading by example and walking the talk. So I would say from a carbon emissions, emissions perspective, internationally, we have made a number of, of global commitments. Um, where, for example, you know, we've committed ourselves to achieve net zero uh, emissions across our entire value chain by 2030. Um, one of the ways that we're kicking that off globally, for example, is um, you know, we've got 100% renewable um, electricity um, across all of our data centers uh, globally, and we've been doing that since um, 2014. Um, I think you know, from, for a local example, um, a great one is a partnership um, that we've had with the Eden Reforestation Project, and that's really tackling the issue of you know uh, planting trees and tackling um, reforestation as as um, kind of a way to deal with um, the, the negative effects of, of, of humans um, on on um, the, the environment. And so through this partnership, um, you know, we planted um, over 200 hectares of native forest. Um, including, well, yeah, including 1.3 million trees in Haiti, Madagascar, Indonesia, and Nepal. Um, last year, the great project with Madagascar planted over 1 million mangrove trees um, in Madagascar. And also through this project, you know, this has a knock-on effect because this project also employs um, the local community. So what you're seeing here is an impact on not only the climate, but also um, on society in terms of providing mm. income. Um, to those marginalized communities. So that's one example there. Um, and maybe just to touch on a couple of others, um, Aki, because we do have initiatives beyond just climate action. You know, we, t we look at our three zeros um, quite holistically and have different interventions um, across the three zeros. So I think a great one to mention around, you know, zero waste um, is at our local SAP um, office in Johannesburg. We are leveraging SAP technology and the Internet of Things to track and measure um, our water consumption within the office and allows us to proactively, you know, see where there would be issues. So an example of that is one weekend, um, you know, we had a surge, um, a sudden surge in our water consumption. And um, we were able to preempt to, to, to proactively identify that um, before seeing at the end of the weekend that thousands of gallons of, of gallons of water or liters of water would have been uh, wasted. And we were able to, using this technology, pinpoint exactly where the issue is and to address that issue um, proactively before, before seeing um, a larger issue at the end of the day. So that's a great example there. And then maybe to talk about, you know, zero inequality because I think given our context in Africa, this is a key one for us in terms of driving social responsibility. And you know, the way that we think about it is around you know, driving uh, digital skills inclusion um, as one way. Um, the other way is around you know, driving social and inclusive entrepreneurship. And this is a key pillar for us um, given the context in Africa, high levels of youth unemployment, high levels of inequality with women not necessarily participating as they should within the tech space. And then you know, um, having our companies, like the startups, you know, becoming part of a greater value chain. So mm -hmm. some programs that mm -hmm. we run 
um, within this zero inequality pillar um, around digital inclusion, which is tackling youth unemployment, which as we know is a major challenge um, in Africa. You know, we're creating programs that allow um, young people uh, that are unemployed to acquire um, a globally recognized SAP skill or a certificate. And then we work with our partner ecosystem to place them and get a job, right? So we are training them as well as providing within them with an employment opportunity. And that's our SAP Skills for Africa program. Um, the, the other program I can call out is around, you know, um, our Africa Kobe program, which targets um, learners. So as we know, you know, we want to establish and start inspiring around technology skills at an early age. And we partner with um, on the ground, grassroots level um, organizations to equip them to be able to, to train um, learners on basic coding skills and, you know, spark that initial interest that can then grow the pipeline of you know, young people that are providing their skills um, into the tech space. From a social and inclusive entrepreneurship perspective, Aki, so you know, we look at social enterprises and you know, SAP has an extensive um, supply chain, um, not only for ourselves, but also you know, in the broader business network. And we run a program where we are targeting specifically to work with social enterprises um, that are black-owned, female-led, and are also doing something to improve the community and include them um, as part of our own um, supply chain, which helps them gain access to customers, um, grow their businesses, and ultimately also create employment opportunities. So I would say end-to-end, -end, you know, we really do try and cover all the mm. and these are the ways that, you know, we as SAP are positioning ourselves as, you know, an exemplar um, of sustainability yeah. um, in, in Africa. Okay, now that's... Oh, brilliant. I mean, I love those examples that you used and, uh, and, and everybody has got to be involved in the entire process when we talk about sustainability and you've got to empower people. So to sum up, guys, I mean, what are the three takeaways, the three key takeaways that businesses can consider to accelerate their journey to becoming intelligent, sustainable enterprises. And I, and I focus the word on intelligent because it's the technology that's going to unlock this intelligence in becoming sustainable enterprises. So, uh, Quinn and Colin, your, your three key takeaways. So I think my, my, key, uh, three, my three key takeaways, um, Aki, you know, are the following. I think that it's important that we start to realize that, you know, sustainability isn't just a buzzword. It's not just, you know, a cool hashtag. Um, it, it's something that um, we can all come together and move the needle in terms of creating a better world. Um, two, in order to do that, sustainability really has to lie at the core of your DNA. It has to lie at the core of your business practices. Um, it is a journey and you know there are best practices that we can learn from where other organizations are leading the way on sustainability. For example, you know, sustainability coming from the top with leaders driving the transformation at the top, as well as embedding it right. into your core business processes, etc. the ones that I mentioned. So the best practices are there to kickstart the journey. And then lastly, I would say that, you know, it, sustainability is a team sport, right? We are all in this together. We all have a role to play and no one organization can do it alone. And therefore it's important that we embrace the power of partnerships um, so that we can truly scale um, the change that needs to happen. Awesome stuff. Colin, what are your three takeaways? 
Great, thank you, Aki. Uh, talking back to Quenna's point, which, which she made earlier on regarding um, regarding the data being the new gold, uh, the data is generally in an ERP system or a system somewhere. It's just about getting access to this uh, to this data, to being able to have the capabilities to get that and to have insights from that. Um, to be able to, uh, I mean, the whole thing about you can't monitor what you can't uh, you can't measure what you can't monitor. So the, the whole idea is that it, you need to be able to do something and, and get that view of it to make to, to, to get the insights. So to, to work on that. So the, the first key point is the data is there generally. Ninety um, percent of it is. The second thing is legislation is coming. Um, I think we've seen that it might not be that. Uh, onerous or the, the penalties or the incentives might not be that big at this point in time, but it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get. It's not going to go away. So companies need to um, take the take their sustainability strategy journey um, seriously and get started with it. Um, get it on the way. And then finally, just kind of echoing Gwen's point around, we all have a role to play. We're all part of this. Whether if you're a CEO, you're still an individual. You've still got kids. You've still got um, you still want to leave your planet in a better place than what you received it. So um, either either as an individual, we have we, we make conscious choices on the products that we buy, but yet again, the, the companies should make their products more competitive and more attractive to consumers um, and, and, and make it a no-brainer for them to purchase a product which is more sustainable than the next product, even at the same price. So I, I think everybody has a role to play in, in the sustainability journey. Mm. Uh, let's all get on board and let's get ahead of this before we are proper victims of, uh, of climate action. Well, listen, it's happening around us. It's a reality. We we have to act now. Uh, what a fascinating discussion. I can spend uh, hours talking to you guys. Uh, Colin Banks, Industry and Customer Advisory Lead at SAP Africa. Quena Maboja, who is the Global Director of Purpose and Sustainability uh, and uh, Marketing and Solutions at SAP. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your insights and uh, the discussion points that we discussed today. It was absolutely fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Aki. Thank you, Aki.